Hello and welcome to Estate Frequencies, a podcast that brings together space, sound and story. This episode begins in Tiong Bahru, Singapore's oldest public housing estate. I'm your host, Mark Nair. I'm also a poet, photographer and a resident of Tiong Bahru. A few things to take note of before we begin. If you're walking with us in Singapore, please prioritise your safety and comfort. Please walk on the sidewalks or five-foot ways at all times. Be aware of oncoming traffic. The homes you will pass are private residences, so please be respectful when taking photos or videos. At any time, feel free to press pause and explore your surroundings. And if you're joining us from somewhere else, please ensure you're in a safe and comfortable space before you continue. Wherever you are right now, welcome and enjoy the tour. Episode 2 of this tour ended at St. Paul Garden. We pick things up here at the garden in episode 3. Take a moment to sit and contemplate this small oasis in the middle of the estate. Your eye may be drawn to a rather unique sculpture. This is Dancing Girl, created by Mr. Lim Nan Singh, who is probably known more as the artist behind the Malayan statue at Malayan Park. The construction of Singpo Garden was planned in 1970. Mr. Chung Jit Kun, the Minister of Parliament for Tiong Bahru, commissioned Lim Nan Singh to create an artwork. Lim chose an abstract form in concrete, depicting a girl doing a joyful harvest dance. As the commission was urgent, he sculpted the 1.2-metre-high artwork in a car park in Orchard Road over a period of two weeks. It drew mixed reactions, with some people commenting that it was too abstract. This poem is written from the perspective of the dancing girl. Harvest He found me in a party field in Bali, a chiaroscuro painting shadowed by morning light and his eager guide. I, tending my father's field, browned skin flailed by dirt and the marrow of earth plucking its fruits, my youth peeling away, So he brought me into this estate where nobody needs to sow and plough and pray for rain when the harvest fails in drought or when the city steals villages and spits them back when there's nothing left but rind and seed. He let me become a swan, a leaping ballerina, the clumsiness of concrete belying folds of grace. How surprising, then, to listen to disappointed people who are looking for a clever story and find only a snatch of song, the one we sing together as we trudge the fields, sickling praise for the harvest. Now, If you walk to the end of St. Paul Road, you'll notice a rather curious block, one that perhaps should be seen from the air to best appreciate its structure. Block 78, Moguan Terrace, is known as the Horseshoe Block. It was built between 1939 and 1940 and is the largest block of flats in Tiong Bahru. Let's cross the road and walk around the curve of the block to your right.
keep a lookout for a coffee shop called Huabi. This is an iconic coffee shop and has been around for over 70 years. It was also the place where Mee Pok Man, the seminal 1995 film directed by Eric Koo, was filmed. Make a left turn after Huabi into the car park. Keep to your left-hand side of this section of Block 78 and you'll come upon a purpose-built air raid shelter, the first to be included in a public housing project. Constructed as World War II rumbled ominously on the horizon, the shelter is significant because Block 78 is the only public housing building to have been built with an air raid shelter as part of its design. This next poem speaks of that tumultuous time. Shelter These bricks shield bodies from bombs that have ripped greater cities apart. The soldiers assigned to guard us are boys, pulled from depleted Australian or Malay regiments. In the shelter, it is difficult to tell how close the bombs are, whether they have struck the hospital or are finally coming for the doctors and nurses who live here. An orchestra of sirens and tumbling bodies shout for water, for silence, for a way out, but the shelter is safety. A smokescreen beneath skies, heavy with lead and the sounds of retreat. In the long hours of waiting, we are not just in a shelter, but deeper in the earth, kin to the underground witness of our misery. The roots of great trees enfold, call us to soften breath, while catastrophe moves through the streets. We are shopkeepers, housewives, teachers, salesmen, all dreaming of fresh air and a different flag. Today, Nobody dies. So we emerge. An image from the dark room blooming into focus. Blurred by tears and a January downpour. Walk past the shelter to the end of the block. Turn left and cross Guantuan Street. Keep walking up the back lane past Tiongbaru Community Centre. One of the highlights of the estate, as you would have already noticed, is its intersecting networks of back lanes that offer a quiet respite from the busier streets. This poem reflects on the wider history of back lanes in Singapore. Back lanes. The back lane is the quieter road. 
the unseen avenue of trade and play, the walk of shame home in the early morning, the egress for the night soil man making his rounds, the back lane as the refuge for hoodlums running from parang gangs and baton yelling police. It is the carnival space for rats, trapezing from drain pipes, creating a chorus line around garbage cans. In another time, makeshift food carts would trundle down back lanes, selling mipok, roja, chendol, nasi padang. There is no enclave in the back lane, only a map of colour and texture, sights of smaller stories, of lovers kissing on a stoop, Photographers angling upwards to capture spiral staircases. They reflect the spirit of a more romantic island before the city rose with its own skyscraper stories. Today, the back lane is barely here, a second skin lost against the constantly reinvented city. As you walk, may you find altars to imagined gods, cryptic words on walls, unlikely domestic scenes. Don't mind the ever-present security camera, surveilling and reminding us that though the city is thoroughly sanitized a mystery, we can still dance through its narrow spaces. We can still find a way to where we are going. We can still be surprised. Stop at the mural, just where the alley meets Engwat Street, in between blocks 72 and 73. This is another Yip Yu Chong mural, one that reimagines what the old Tiong Baru market might have looked like before it was rebuilt in 2004. Turn left at Engwat Street and cross Singpo Road onto Kim Cheng Street, which is the pedestrian lane between blocks of HDB flats and the market. These blocks are different from the ones we have been exploring and they belong to the non-conserved part of Tiong Bahru Estate. These blocks were designed by architects from the Singapore Improvement Trust and built in the international style of design, which was inspired by mechanical simplicity and structure. The lines are clean and simple, giving the buildings a modern yet functional look. Residents in some of the ground floor units have also taken to beautifying their backyards with breakfast tables and plants. Pick a path in between any of the blocks to walk through. In fact, there are many things about Tiong Bahru Estate that are enchanting, although these things aren't immediately obvious to visitors. Jean Fung has been living in Tiong Bahru since 2000, and she shares some of the things that continue to delight her about the estate. So Jean, how did you first discover Tiong Bahru? Funnily enough, it was entirely by accident. I was on my way home from work one day, made a wrong turn and ended up in this magical place, you know, with the low-rise art deco buildings. And because it was at night and there was no one around it, it looked kind of ghostly and eerie, but also very beautiful. And I just wanted to know more about this place. I did a bit of research and and I found that this magical place was called Tiong Bahru. (laughs) Several years later, when I was in the position to buy a new home, I thought, I'm sure it's not possible, but maybe I could find a place in Tiong Bahru. 
So tell me more about what else uh, attracts you to this estate. Um, I like to talk to people about hardware and software when it comes to Tiong Bahru. So the hardware is what's most immediately apparent. We have the beautiful buildings, you know, the cool shops, um, the plantings, you know, the green that's around the market, you know, just the convenience where we've got everything around us. But what I think really makes people stay in Tiong Bahru is the software, the people, the sense of community. Well, my very first morning in Tiong Bahru, I went straight to a community town hall meeting to discuss color option schemes for the new paint job that Tiong Bahru Estate was expected to have. There had been some resident consultation before, but the three color schemes that had been up for voting were generally not liked. And because there was so much of an outcry about the unsuitability of the three options provided, I guess it must have been the resident's committee or the town council or whoever who who called a community meeting so that we could have our say. And so I was lucky enough to find out about this meeting from a friend who was also a neighbor. And it was a great way to start my residence in Tiong Bahru. Because you didn't just attend a meeting, but you also like had some kind of affirmative action after that, right? Yeah. The result of that town hall meeting, because there was so much interest and passion about how the estate looked, um, if the decision was made to form a subcommittee who would take this further and, and come up with new options. And for you the joined estate. the subcommittee. Of course, I joined the committee, the subcommittee. And I'm so glad I did because that was really the start of my forming what I consider my Tiong Bahru family, this group of like-minded, really caring people. Carry on walking until you reach Kimpong Road, which marks the boundary of Tiong Bahru Estate. Look to the left of the condo development called Highline Residences and you'll find a little park called Kim Pong Park. Walk over and find a spot to sit and observe the life of the community. Joggers, people walking the dogs and children all share this little patch of green. Space to breathe is a premium in land-scarce Singapore. Real estate agent Elvin Yeo is a Tiong Bahru expert, not least of all because he's also a long-term resident. Like Jean Fung, Alvin is extremely familiar with the things that aren't immediately visible but make Tiong Bahru special. Alvin gives his opinion on the attraction of the place. Maybe you could tell me about your origin story of how you grew up here. When I was growing up, dad and mom, they were all working. So they need someone to watch over me. So the most convenient place is to put me at my grandma's place. And my grandma was living in uh, where the bird corner is. Currently now it's a hotel. Before that, it was just a residential place. That's where I spent my childhood without much supervision from parents. <laughs> and eventually I got married. And because my wife, she grew up in Tiong Bahru her entire life. So the only time she actually left Tiong Bahru is because we couldn't afford anything here. Then we have to settle for something quite far away. Like. So, you know, Alvin, you grew up here. You, you had your dates here and you move back here when you're married you've raised your family here and you can see how the estate uh, continues to evolve even as you grow along with it so how do you feel about it now and uh, what's your kind of relationship with Tiong Bahru? Uh, I really hope you'll continue to be relevant for Singaporeans to want to set up a home here 
increasingly it is only attracting a certain segment of resident uh, people who have spare cash this is like their second home or they maybe saw something and they just downgrade but they are probably more mature the younger ones is a challenge they love to live here maybe they don't mind renting for a year or two but asking them to plonk in the money and making this their long-term home is something that they are not too sure because they're not even sure they can you know, live here until they are old. Also, the access to CPF grant and loans, is uh, the window is slowly closing. So when the remaining lease uh, drop by 5 to 10 years, accessibility to loans will be severely curbed. What it means for the owner is instead of spreading your loans over 25 years, you have to compress it to half the time, which means your money installment is double or maybe more than double. And that's a financial cost. So Singaporeans are all very pragmatic. Yeah, you want to live here, but if it doesn't make sense on a monthly basis, then it doesn't make sense. And then this place will hollow out and it will become very transient in nature. A lot of people are just renting or seeing it as something to monetize. And that will change the fabric of this place. Then suddenly everyone is just here for a year or two. And so it's quite sad. Lah. You, you wouldn't see anyone growing old in the estate. Walk through Kimpong Park and cross the road back to Block 78. Carry on walking down Yongsiat Street. This street marks a natural boundary for the estate. On the left are conserved units, while on the right are commercial units that do not have conservation status. With so much of Singapore going the way of high-rise public housing, condominiums and integrated housing developments, the future of Tiongbaru Estate is not set in stone, even if it is a conserved estate for now. Yet, young families continue to move in. Why? What draws them? What are they in search of? Let's hear from Mark and Bernice, a young couple who moved to Tiongbaru in 2019, about what drew them to the estate. So, Mark and Bernice, why did you choose to move into Tiongbaru? I think during our dating days, we hang out a lot, quite a bit here. Yeah. We love the cafes, the, the hood, the vibe. And uh, also for logistic purpose, we didn't want to stay in Chochukang or Sengkang. Which is where our parents are. Yeah. So Tiong Baru was the middle ground. I mean, we, we came here a lot. Uh, we like the vibe. Uh, I grew up in Purong Basing. It's kind of a little kampong uh, insulated from the rest of Singapore back then in the 80s. Uh, when I came here, it felt I felt the same feeling. What continues to attract you both to the estate? Yeah, so I think after we moved in, I think the experience of Tiongbaru even came through even more. And I think this came through really a lot, especially during the circuit breaker season. We were all at home. You know, we know all our neighbours. We were giving each other food, cakes, pastry each time. I remember very clearly the auntie downstairs told us, we're not sure whether if you have anybody looking after you, so we're going to cook for you. So yeah. over oh. the entire time, she gave us prawn noodles, ching nice. tang. Mi siam. Yeah, mi siam. Yeah. Mi robos. Yeah, so, so that kampong spirit kind of uh, came alive, I would say, during the, the CB period. So I feel like like the for you, Mark, the atmosphere of 
Tiong Bahru, if I should, you were to describe it, sounds like kampong. Mm-hmm. But Bernice, do you have a word for Tiong Bahru? Mm, I would say, I would still say it's very charming. And and right now, you know, Mark, you're doing this interview while bouncing on a Pilates ball and holding uh, your daughter Sienna uh, <laughs> while bouncing. <laughs> very ad- admirably uh, balancing everything. Um, how old is she now? She's uh, coming to 10 weeks. She was born uh, one week shy of uh, Christmas 2022. And when she grows up, what do you want her to know or remember? Or do you still hope to stay in Tiong Bahru when she grows up? Yes. Well, we do. We do hope. We hope she can continue to grow up here and experience Tiong Bahru as, as a place where she grew up and uh, as a kid running around among the trees on the grass, you know talking to Auntie Uncle. And I think also when you start to see a lot of the kids, um, both locals as well as of our, of our international community, living together and playing together in the, in the neighbourhood, I think it's also quite nice to envision that in future, you know, she grew up in this neighbourhood where she can actually call it her own and she has her own memories here growing up as well too. So I would say, you know, eventually if we will be able to pass down this place to her, it'll be amazing. During the interview, Mark mentioned this term, CB period. He was referring to the time when Singapore was in lockdown from the 7th of April to the 1st of June 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. In Singapore, the term circuit breaker was used instead of lockdown. At the end of Yongsiak Street, turn left onto Cheyen Street and walk all the way down. Then, turn left onto Guantuan Street and turn right, back onto St. Paul Road. We leave you with the last poem, a love poem for Tiong Bahru, of slow evenings and quiet streets, vignettes of life in the estate. I see you. There are questions I try to answer in your skin. They curl within silence on days we do not meet, when light streaks across your balcony painting precise shadows and birds strike up symphonies in the pageants of evening. These questions hang on the edge of our lips when they straddle the dust-draped day. They punctuate our tongues and meet and shape greetings. When I count the hours since I last saw you, not just your words lighting on my screen, but when I breathe, really breathe you in and held an answer up to illuminate your eyes. We know that every moment can be a question, can be doubt, can be stealing away into second-guessing, an arc of fidgets and cold storytelling. The world is rarely honest, and all of its shining anthems are never sung into darkness, but still, questions flood in the arteries under your skin. Will I make you smile? Will I love you tomorrow? Will I think of you in the last train home tonight? But this evening, there is still time to sit like unfinished furniture, dreaming of what will be. The seat of your plantation chair has split down its rattan seams. Even the cat hesitates to cross this breach. So we sit on the ledge instead, listening to the street shutting down trying to stare into the skies of this incessant life. And these are questions for the stars. The answers drift in the growl of a neighbor's vespa over a trembling saxophone scale. 
the arc of cigarette smoke, a gentle mewling, a long kiss that says, Tomorrow, tomorrow when I wake up, I will see you. Thank you for listening to Estate Frequencies, Tiong Baru. Through stories, poems, and memories from residents, this icon of heritage and culture gains new facets beyond its reputation for Instagram-friendly murals and yummy food. Please continue to explore the estate on your own and do head back to the market for a well-deserved meal and a cup of coffee. Estate Frequencies, Tiong Baru is written and narrated by Mark Naya and produced by Carolyn Wee. Sound design, recording and post-production by Saturn Sound Studio. This project is supported by the National Heritage Board, Our Singapore Fund and Singapore Residence Committee. This podcast was recorded in 2023 and all the conversations you hear in it were recorded in Tiong Baru Estate. I'm Mark Naya and I wish you a lovely heritage-filled day ahead.